Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. No, expectation means eager excitement, something you're looking forward to, uh, at least if it's positive expectation. It's something that's going to happen if you, it's anticipation. In Psalm 62, verse 5, in New King James Version, it says, My soul wait patiently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. My expectation is from God alone. Now, Hope and expectation uh, are a little bit different. Uh, You can hope without really expecting. You can hope without really expecting. But now you can, uh, if you expect, I believe you have hope. I think that all of us have certain expectations in life we have had in our lives. And some of them worked out and some of them haven't. There was a man went to a Little League baseball game one afternoon and uh, he went around to one of the dugouts and he asked one of the little boys that was in the dugout, he said, uh, he asked him, he says, what, what's the score? And the little boy answered and said, 18 to nothing and we're behind. Well, the man said, boy, I bet you're very discouraged. You're really discouraged. The boy said, no, sir. Why should I be discouraged? We haven't gotten up to bat yet. (laughs) He still had hope and expectation. Didn't look so good, but he did. It's nice to have something good to look forward to, isn't it? You know, everyone's eating schedules are different. And, And normally... For us, ours is pretty flexible, especially when it comes to the evening meal. But sometimes our evening meal sometimes will be early in, in the afternoon. By early for me, I'm saying 5.30 or 6 or something like that. And any time that we have an early dinner like that, I, 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 usually find, I usually find myself saying, oh man, this is really good, but now I don't have anything to look forward to. You know, it's that evening munching and eating and stuff there, and and it shows up too. But sometimes you go ahead and say, man, this is really good, but now I don't have anything to look forward to. Uh, We see in life itself, we see in children today, boys and girls, that the things that used to happen in the junior and senior years of your high school age, now we want our little boys and girls to have it in elementary schools from proms and rewards and all the outfits and everything. Why? Because the parents think it's cute. And certainly if, if one family wants to do it, the peer pressure is on for everyone to get involved. Well, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying that there's something about while you're young, at your certain stage in your life, there's something about looking forward and anticipating Something. In fact, it kind of makes it more special, I think. Anticipation, expectation is, is a wonderful thing. Expectations can be high or low. They can be reasonable or unreasonable or unrealistic. They can be good or bad. They can be positive or negative. There are different things that color our expectations. 
Uh, usually our expectations are colored by our past experiences. Our expectations can be covered by how we were brought up, how we were raised, our family life. Our expectations are colored by the people we hang around. Expectations are colored by our own personality. What happens when expectations are not made in your life, when they're not met? What happens when your expectations are not met? Well, for most of us, there's a certain amount of pain, frustration, or we blame something or someone because our expectations did not come to pass, didn't happen the way we thought they would. People have low expectations today, it seems. How many times have you ever heard someone say, I don't expect anything, that way I won't be disappointed. <laughs> now think about that. Think about that from the perspective of being a born-again faith believer. That this is your testimony. I'm a believer, I believe all things are possible, but I don't expect anything, that way I won't be disappointed. Think about that. And yet, I've heard it said more than once, even from Christians, uh, some people's philosophy of life is this. You know what? I've heard people come up to me and say, you know what, Brother Dennis, you know what, Pastor? I hope for the best, and I expect the worst. How horrible is that? I mean, how Bad is that. I'm just hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. People, you know, they get frustrated and disappointed when their expectations don't come to pass. And when that happens, you know, I heard one pastor describe it. He said, frustration is the gap or space between what you expect and what you experience. Frustration is the gap or the space between what you expect and what you're experiencing. Uh, you know, for some of you, you remember back when the internet was relatively new and we had the dial-up internet. Anybody remember the old dial-up? Now don't say, any, say don't, don't say y'all still have it. We just, you know, but if you do, uh, you, it helps develop patience in you. But the old dial-up internet, you remember, you'd hear all those sounds while it was trying to process there in the computer and you know, I remember with the first computers that came out, I mean, it was nothing to wait several minutes for something. And, you know, you just get used to it. Your expect, that's what your expectations were. And then things began to improve. Technology advanced. And now look at the Internet now. People think that it doesn't immediately process and they're just able to download immediately. They get frustrated. Expectations change, don't they? And it affects how we live. Uh, the problem is when disappointment and frustration comes, we have a tendency to lower our expectations and level, they level out with our experience. We kind of get the attitude, you know, as, as our experience dictates our expectations. It's like, you know, nothing ever goes my way. That's just as I expected. Well, that's the way it is for me. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Well, I'm used to it by now. In a large part, the experience of your life will be determined by the height of your expectation. Let me say that again. In a large part, your experiences in life will be determined by the height of your expectations. Here's what's important for us to do. Instead of lowering your expectations to match your experience, let God come on the scene 
Get His Word into your mind, into your heart. Let Him fill that gap between the, frustra uh, the frustrations of your life and expectation. Let Him lift you up and let your experience then begin to match your expectation. Negative expectations are always rooted in past experiences. But positive expectations are cultivated by what you focus on, what you're thinking on now and for the future. There's one reference to Scripture, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul refers to two worlds or two realms of truth, the spiritual and the temporal. And, you know, there's the, the temporal world is real, and that's, that's not difficult for us to believe, is it? What you see is what you get. You look at the temporal or the temporary world, you see it with your eyes. It, we, we connect with the temporal world through our senses. We see, we taste, we smell, we hear, we touch. It's temporary. We see it. But Paul says you need to remember in life that the temporal world is just that. It's temporary. But the spiritual world, or he calls it the unseen world, is not temporary. It's real. It's eternal. And then Paul gives us these instructions I think that are extremely important. He says you don't need to set your eyes on things that are temporary. In other words, don't be controlled by the things that you see, by how you feel, by your circumstances. Don't set your eyes on that. And it, Actually, that word set your eyes on is, is basically a strong word of fixing or intently looking. He says, what you need to do is intently look at the spiritual world, the spiritual realm. Now, how many of you know that it's easier to see things in the physical than it is to see things in the spiritual? Right? I mean, it's really hard to see the invisible. So how do you learn to see the invisible? One thing so important for us to get down inside of us as believers, as followers of Christ, is that the spiritual world is just as real, in many ways we could say more real, than the temporary or physical world. There is, an entire, there is a, a completely different world that is existing simultaneously with what we see with our eyes. The spiritual world. Angels function primarily in the spiritual world. Our God is a spirit. The things of the spirit, the things that God does, primarily happen in the spiritual realm. But the work of faith is to do this. The work of faith is to believe God's word is true and what he says, and by the way, that's how you see the spiritual realm, is the spiritual realm is revealed to us in God's word. If you say, how can I see the spiritual realm? How can I see what, what's eternal? How can I see what God, what you want me to see? Here's how you see it. Go to the Word and see what the Word says. And as, he, as you do that, He'll begin to give you revelation. He'll begin to give you insight and understanding as to what's real, what His will is. Then the work of faith is simply this. Is to, in faith, step out, claim, believe God's Word which will reach out into the unseen world and that faith will cause it to come into the temporary, the physical world. That's what faith does. It was already real. When you believe for something, it's not like poof, it appears. 
When you believe for something, you're receiving something that's already been done for you. Jesus finished the work on the cross. Everything that's done for you has already been done. Everything that you need in your life has already been provided by God. But how many of you know that's not usually where we live? God has so much more for us than uh, than what we normally receive, right? Now, Positive expectations look toward the future. So we look at the unseen world by looking into the word. We need to focus on the word. Now I'm going to look at some some things here in just a moment that that are really important when it comes to prayer. Um, Before I get into that, the one thing that will help you in, in, in your expectations will begin to put your focus on the right things. I mean, it's so simple, isn't it? That if you dwell on negative things, it will pull you down. And that's the temporal world. That's your circumstances. But if you dwell on the word of God, spiritual things, it does just the opposite. It encourages you. It helps you. The only way that you can make that transformation and move from a place of discouragement and frustration and, only, and help raise your level of expectation is to not focus on things that are negative, not focus in that world, not on those bad circumstances, not on whatever, what's wrong, all your problems, but intentionally, it, there's an act of the will, you don't automatically do this. Intentionally say, I choose to think on these things and then do it. That's what Paul basically said in Philippians chapter 4. He said, fix your thoughts on what's true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's good report or admirable. He says, think about what is excellent and worthy of praise. If you and I could just renew our mind and learn how to conquer what's going on in here, what a huge difference that would make. Pray expectantly. Look at Psalm chapter 5 verse 3. I'm looking in the New International Version Here, uh, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, NIV says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice in the morning, and I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. I wait with hope. I wait expectantly is the word there. New King James Version says, And I will look up, but in the Hebrew the word says, I will keep watching, I will lean forward to look. It gives the picture of leaning forward on the tower to look for what is on your way, what's coming your way. Expectation is for you standing in a place of building your life on the Word of God, building that faith inside of you, and then beginning to focus your mind, your whole life, on what's coming your way. The old adage that says you usually, we say it down south, you usually get just about what you expect. There's a lot of truth in that. A lot of truth in it. And we want to learn to expect the right things. Right? Right? Psalm chapter 5 verse 3 does tell us. It says, in the morning when I pray, I heard one man say, I woke up this morning and I had so much I needed to do that I didn't have time to pray. The other guy who woke up in the morning said, I woke up this morning and I had so much I needed to do, I had to take time to pray. It's important. Prayer is a gift from God. It's a privilege. It's a great tool that we have as believers. 
developing in your prayer life can be challenging. It can seem uh, difficult at times, mundane, monotonous. But let me tell you something. There's nothing more important for you to develop than a strong, effective prayer life. We'll know that we're getting there when we can really get excited about prayer. When we get excited about the church coming together just to pray. You know, I've used that term before myself and I think about it. Well, we're not going to do anything else or whatever, but we're going to come together just to pray. And more I get thinking about it, what do you mean just to pray? What do you mean? I'm I'm talking about we're going to pray only, but sometimes we put it over in the category that, well, I'm just praying. You know, nothing else has worked out, so I think I'll pray. It's important for us to see prayer as that pivotal point in our lives, begin to see things happen in our lives as Christians. Listen, this is so important. I want you to hear this, believe For every one of us, hear this. You will never be any stronger spiritually than your prayer life. I don't care what gifts operative in your life. I don't care how much work you're doing in the kingdom. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care how many church services You've attend for you and me. The truth is we will never be any stronger spiritually than our prayer life. That's just how important it is. I want you to think about it just for a moment this morning. Think about it. What do you expect when you pray? When you take time to pray, what do you expect? Think about the little video. Anybody go get an umbrella. What do you really expect? I, there's, a, there's a kind of a funny and, and, and all too realistic picture of this in Acts chapter 12. Don't turn there in the scripture with me. In Acts chapter 12, and I think I'm in the New Living Translation here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Acts chapter 12. <laughs> and uh, it, it begins with verse 5, and it says, While Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly, and one version says prayed constantly. He says, now get the picture. While Peter's in prison, the church is praying. They gathered together to pray earnestly for him. The night before he was to stand trial, Peter's asleep. He's fastened with two chains between two soldiers that are standing guard. And there were other soldiers that were standing at the prison gate. And verse 7 begins with the word, suddenly... I love the word suddenly. We like instant gratification, so sometimes when we pray, we want it to happen suddenly. But many times, it doesn't happen that way, does it? No. That's where the frustration can come in if you don't learn to raise your expectations and grow in your faith. Suddenly. But here's how it works most of the time. is As you're praying and as faith is being built up in you, to move toward receiving what God has for you, here's what happens. As you do that, something happens inside of you that begins to change you. Circumstances begin to perhaps change around you and it's a process. You've been praying, you continue to pray, you continue to trust God in the situation. You don't see anything happen. You don't see any manifestation of, you don't see the answer to that prayer and then And then sometimes 
when it seems as if it's just been so long and you might be tempted to just give up or discourage, then suddenly there's breakthrough. I would encourage you, don't stop short of your breakthrough. Don't stop short of the answer because there's a suddenly out there for you somewhere. How many of you need a suddenly in your life today? There's a suddenly out there for you. So just stay in the process. Stay on the journey. Stay in faith. And then you're going to see that some things may transpire gradually, but sometimes they come up right to the point of an answer, a solution, or breakthrough. And even it doesn't seem then like it's possible, but boom, there it is. It happens. It happens. Well, suddenly... There was a bright light in the cell. Now just kind of look at this perspective that if this, was, uh, if this was produced for a movie or television and you're watching this on the screen. Suddenly there was a light, bright light in the cell, the prison cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And the angel struck him on the side. In other words, you know, like you wake someone up. You know, it could have been that Peter was tired, just completely exhausted. It's difficult, I'm sure. But it also says something about his faith and contentment, the fact that he knew the very next day was his trial that was coming up, and he didn't know what was going to happen to him in that trial. And yet, he must have been so sound asleep that when the angel hit him on the shoulder, that it, he had to wake up. The angel struck him on the side, says, quick, get up. The chains fell off his wrist. He said, get dressed, put on your sandals, your coat, and follow me. So what happened? Well, Peter left the cell following the angel. But all that time he was thinking it was in a vision. This really wasn't real. It really wasn't happening. They passed the first and second guard posts. They came to the iron gate leading in the city, and it opened to them by itself. Well, once they went out the gate, they started walking down the street and the angel left and what happened? When the angel left, it says Peter came to his senses and he said, man, this is real. This is not just a vision or a dream. Man, this is really happening. I'm free. That is so amazing. Uh, let me show you something that's even more amazing. <laughs> Verse 15. Uh, verse 14. Well, let me back on up just a little bit, but, uh, to, all the way back again to uh, verse 12. It says, When he realized this, that it was real, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where what was happening? We already saw back in verse 5 that the church were meeting, that believers, Christians were meeting. They were having a prayer meeting. And I have an idea. They were met together at home and they might have had other prayer requests as they prayed. But as they were praying, they said, Dear Lord, you know that Peter, our brother Peter, your servant Peter, they have him down deep in the dungeon in the prison. Lord, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what's ahead, but God, we pray that you would touch him and you would supernaturally deliver him. Lord, that you would set him free. Church is earnestly praying, the scripture says. Well, Verse 13, it says, Peter knocked at the door and a servant girl came up to the door, the gate door of the house, and she opened it. And when she realized it was Peter, Peter's voice, she was so overwhelmed, overjoyed, that instead of opening door, 
she just turned and ran away and ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. Now get this, they have been earnestly praying for Peter. Peter appears at the door, knocks on the door. The, the, the servant, the girl that sees him is so astounded that she can't hardly believe it, but she runs back to the people who are praying earnestly and says, Peter's at the door. Let me paraphrase. He says, that cannot be true. That, that, it must be his angel. I'm concerned that this, this, is, this describes so many situations in churches today where we pray and we pray and we pray and yet evidently we're not praying expecting it to happen or else it wouldn't shock us when it did. Right? Verse 15, he says, you're out of your mind, they said to her when, uh, and they in, insisted that it must be his angel. Verse 16, meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. He's still just standing out there trying to get in. They finally opened the door and get this. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. Let me put it this way. They were amazed that their prayers were answered. Let me say that one more time. They were amazed that their prayers were answered. Now, how ridiculous is that? To be amazed. You can be amazed at what God does because usually he does more than what you're praying about. He's the God not just of enough, he's the God of more than enough, right? Remember, Ephesians 3 says he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything that we ask, think, or can imagine, or dream according to the power that works in us. And I could name seven or eight examples right now through the scripture, we don't have time for that, where people were expecting for certain things and God gave them more and God gave them more and God gave them more than what they were expecting. That's just how God is. He's not a get by God, he is a more than God. Good place for an amen. amen. He is a more than God. Thank you God, you're more than enough. Let's pray in such a way that even though we're amazed at God's goodness of his greatness and of his power and we're just amazed by what he's doing in our life, let's get to where it doesn't shock us when God actually answers our prayers. Could we just be thankful and not shocked? Oh, could we? I know we're all trying. Let's, let's do it now. Let's do it. We make a couple of statements here. Expectation, when you live with a sense of anticipation, expectation in your life, it'll help you, remain con it'll help you remain content when circumstances are not good. When your circumstances are against you and against what you're praying for, expectation will help you stay content. Expectation is the final step of a maturing faith. You can have hope without expectation, but you, can, but you can't have faith without expectation. You can have hope without expectation, but you cannot have faith without expectation. Expectation is the final step to the manifestation, the answer. Let me define biblical 
expectation for you. We could just say faith, but let me put it this way. Biblical expectation not only believes that the Lord is able and not only believes that he's willing, but but believes he already has. It is a process from beginning in a place of hope, moving to real expectancy and expectancy bringing you into a position of faith. You cannot, you cannot, I don't know where it's grammatically correct, but you cannot have received if you're still expecting. So what happens is, is your expectation brings you to a place to where you are in faith, which means you have already received. Well, I don't see it. Well, that's the temporal world. That's the temporary world. God's world, world is true and right, and His world is His Word. So you may not see it in your life yet, but it's just as real as if it was already in your life now. And that essentially is what we find in Mark 11, uh, 24, where it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you received them. I think the New Living Translation is the closest here. It says, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received, it will be yours. Let me encourage you in your expectation. John 15, 7, if you abide or remain in Jesus in, in me, he says, and my words abide or remain in you, you may ask what you desire, and it will be yours. Let me encourage you some more in your expectation. 1 John 5, 14, 15. This is the confidence we have that if we ask anything according to his will, according to his word, he hears us. And since we know that he hears us, we know that he will give us what we ask. Biblical expectation is hope on steroids. I mean, it is is something that will affect your life. The prayer of faith will make a difference. It's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. It's the prayer of faith. It's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. And the only way that a prayer is going to be effective is for it to be a prayer of faith. But one of the keys is this. When you are praying with expectation, looking forward to anticipating God to do this, to bring this to pass, to guide you, to show you his will even. When you're anticipating these things, it is absolutely necessary that you personalize his word for you. Oftentimes it's easier for people to believe God's word for someone else than it is to believe God's word for themselves. One of the things that will help you in your faith walk is when you're reading the Word, when you are spending time in His Word, when you are hearing His promises and what He's showing you by His Spirit is for you to put your name on it. Hear it as if He's calling your name and then He's speaking that Word to you. In other words, personalize it. Your expectations will never come to pass unless you personalize it. Say, it's for me. It's for me. It's for me. You know, real prayer requires that we expect something. 
That's a short sentence, but it is so strong and good. Real prayer requires that we expect something. Now, I'm talking about every time you pray, you've got to expect stuff or expect things. But real prayer will expect something. You know what real prayer expects? Real prayer expects communion with the Lord, fellowship with the Lord. Real prayer expects His presence. Real prayer expects to hear His voice. Real prayer expects change. Real prayer expects results. Real prayer. Expectant prayer is redundant. I don't get to use the word redundant very often, so it's just really... Expectant prayer is redundant. It's not real prayer if it's not expectant prayer. Not in the biblical sense of praying. Not in the biblical sense of praying. People may call it prayer, even other religions call it prayer, but it's not biblical. It's not according to prayer for a believer. Let me mention, before we go today, let me mention very quickly... Four things to help you raise your expectations in your life and in your prayer life. And I, I want to build this around, I want to build this around the, the birth and growth and development of, of a human being, of, of a child, and see how that is how expectation has to be birthed and has to be nourished and, and, and has, to be, has to be developed in our life till it becomes full-blown, mature faith. Uh, the first thing, if you're going to, raise your expectations is that when you begin to, to look at God's promises, you're praying for something particular, you get God's promises word inside of you by reading it, by meditating on it, you, you get his word inside of you. you. For there to be a birth, there must first be conception. And for there to be conception, a seed must be planted. And the Bible is the seed, the word of God. And so it's so important for us when you begin to pray for something, go get your seed from the Word of God. Go get the seed that God has given you as the promises for you. And take hold of that and plant it down inside of you, personalize it, that this is mine. I'm planting that down. Listen, you've got to get it down inside of you. You've got to get it down inside of you. Anticipation must grow. But it's got to start somewhere. And it starts with conception, by planting the seed, the Word of God, into that. The second thing there is once the seed is planted is, is the embryo is developed. There's the development, the embryo. That happens as you continue to meditate in His Word. And listen, there's another aspect in that. One of the ways to build up your level of expectation is not only stay in the Word, but again, talk about it. I'm not saying go out and talk to all the world. Some of them think you're crazy. But I'm saying it's important for you to begin to confess what you believe God has promised you. You need begin to declare it. You can declare You can be in prayer by yourself and declare it. Declare it, it's done. Declare it. And, and, you know, I could put it this way. Go ahead and thank the Lord for it. The Scripture says don't be anxious for anything. But pray about everything, giving thanks, making requests known to God, giving thanks. Do you understand that we should always pray with thanksgiving, right? But in the tenor of that verse, what that's saying to me is when you pray and make requests, you go ahead and give thanks. 
because you believe you've already received. That's what you're moving toward. So if expectations are going to grow in you, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to feed that baby. You're going to have to feed it by the word. You're going to have to feed it by your words. You're going to have to line up with your words with what God has given you to expect, to believe, to receive. And as you do that, as you begin to declare it, personalize it, as the, as the time of manifestation or delivery gets closer, you start making some real preparations. You start preparing to receive. Do you know in that funny little video, there was only one person who prepared to receive? Just before the baby's born, you need to be making preparations. You need, it, needs, you're, it needs to be intensified time of prayer, intensified time in the word. You need to stay in a place of, 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 of confidence before the Lord. You need to guard yourself against strife, guard your heart, guard your mind against anything that would hinder you. Stay out of an area of, of, of where you're uh, pulled down, dragged down. It's important for you in this situation to nurture, let that, let that, let that expectation be nurtured and develop and then make preparations for its delivery. I mean, you got to get things in line. You got to get the nursery ready. You know, you got to get clothes, get the nursery ready, get the automobile ready, if you will, and have gas in it and be ready and make sure that you've talked with the doctor and everybody and you know that they're ready. You have your date that's coming and you're looking for that date. And what are you doing while you're looking for that date? You are getting your mind fixed on the fact that it won't be long now. It won't be long now. It's on the way. It will not be long. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. If you can begin to talk like that in the faith world, in your world, I'm not talking about sticking your head in the sand and not seeing the problems that are around you. I'm saying by the grace of God, let him lift you up to the place knowing that you're an overcomer no matter what you're having to go through. And then as a believer, your expectations begin to rise and you start looking for something good. Will bad things sometimes come at you? Absolutely they will. You live in a world where there's much tribulation. But be of good cheer. He's overcome that. And now you can live with anticipation even though stuff around you is falling apart. If you'll set your mind, no, no, I'm looking forward. I'm looking for. I'm expecting it's going to happen. The reason I know it's going to happen, because God's already done it. The reason I know it's already happened, you know that, baby's, that baby is uh, alive before it's born. It's alive before it's born. You already have that child before delivery. Your faith says, I already have. But when your prayer is answered and manifested, it's time for delivery. And in most situations, delivery time is an exciting, happy time. What I've been waiting for, what I've been expecting, I can see it with my own eyes. I knew, uh, you know, even before we had the medical technology we have today that can show you the baby before it's born, still, in situations, you know that there's a living being there. It's alive before you see it. 
You need to know that God working in your life by faith is already done, already happening, already yours. Important thing that you need to do is not allow anything to pull you back away from that place of anticipation that will eventually put you in a place of full-blown faith to know that it's yours. It's a process, but all of us can walk out that process, that final delivery. Yeah, I think it's about time that some of us saw some babies born. Well, you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> it's time for you to give, for, for you to see things birthed in your life that you've been praying for, expecting God for, but you've allowed the enemy to sidetrack you and things have happened and it, uh, it got you in a place to where for some people they just quit expecting it to happen. I want to encourage you, if that's you, let's get back to the place to where you personalize what God's promised for you. You say, you know, I believe that's going to happen. And when you start in that, you make sure that you guard that with your lips. You don't say anything different from what you're expecting. Because every time you hear yourself negate what, you're, what you are, are, are expecting, every time you hear yourself negate it, you will be pulling yourself down and pulling yourself back into doubt. And the Bible says if you waver in that kind of doubt, don't think that you're going to receive anything from the Lord. So we want to stay. Stay focused all the way through the process until the baby is born. It's manifested. Yes? Can you receive that this morning?